The first ever statewide Tasting Texas Wine and Food Festival in San Antonio from October 27th through the 30th. Created in partnership with Visit San Antonio, Culinaria, and the James Beard Foundation. It includes three days at The Collective, a modern take on the grand tasting. Enjoy this all-inclusive and immersive experience. All food and beverage is included. You'll only need one ticket to enjoy it all. Get tickets now at tastingtexas.com. Come experience this unique festival in the culinary capital of Texas, San Antonio. Hi, this is Kevin McCullough. Thanks for listening to the Christian Outlook podcast, where we cover today's issues from a perspective that honors your Christian faith. Our podcast is brought to you through a partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I trust you'll enjoy. We all know political leaders, especially when they're running for a particular office. They're most generous at making promises is what they'll do if we'll only elect them. You know what? The rare thing, in my view, is the political leader who, having won an office, actually starts to do some of the things that he or she promised. And that's a refreshing reality here in the Commonwealth, in my view, as our governor and lieutenant governor and attorney general have all been working hard to do just that, do the things they told us they would do if we'd elect them. And indeed, it is a political breath of fresh air, to say the least. As a matter of fact, it's kind of a wind that's spread across the nation as our governor has been recognized east coast to west for what he has provided for leadership. So joining us to talk more about some of his key issues right now, Governor Glenn Youngkin. Always an honor, Governor, to have you on the show. Thank you for taking time. Um, thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be with you. I do hope that everyone's gotten their tax refunds because those are all available and it was something that we promised we would do and we did get that done as well. Good reminder. Well, listen, there are three important things that I know that you have in your mind right now, more than three, but three that I'm aware of. Number one, the learning losses of Virginia's fourth and eighth grade students in the reading and math tests. You described them as catastrophic. Two, a recent announcement along with your lieutenant governor and attorney general about something called the Operation Bold Blue Line, and then some good news about the DMV. So let's start with number one, your concerns over Virginia's recent report card, if you will, from the NAEP. Tell us what it told you and what it's telling us as Virginians. Don, thank you for bringing up this important topic. And the NAEP scores, which is also called the National Report Card, uh, are tests that are taken back in the spring and allow Virginia students to be compared to students across the country. And uh, this was just the next uh, of very loud alarm bells ringing at the, the ramifications of terrible decisions that were made long before, long before we'd heard of COVID-19 by previous administrations to, to water down the expectations that we were holding our children to, uh, to completely cloud accreditation and to change curriculum. And, of course, uh, sadly, what we saw when all of a sudden schools were closed for an extended period of time so unnecessarily, the house that should have been built on, on rock was built on sands, and Virginia's kids have suffered mightily. The NAEP scores show that fourth graders in reading declined the fastest in the nation in, in reading loss, fastest in the nation, three times the nation's average, and we were tied with Maryland for dead last in math. And uh, if you can't read... Uh, and, and do math in the fourth grade, there's challenges ahead. We had similarly challenging results in the eighth grade uh, testing. And we also saw the number of students that were viewed as being, as being uh, outstanding and uh, to, to decline. And it was a top-to-bottom uh, terrible report card. 
And uh, we have we have just uh, really uh, been beside ourselves from the minute we came into office on the 15th. We went to work on this. My first executive order uh, was to get uh, divisive concepts out of the classroom and to restore excellence in expectations in our education system. Uh, we've made we've made commitments to Virginians on the uh, in May. We've been working to to ex- execute on Executive Order Three, uh, our Executive Directive Three, which is to which is to streamline teacher uh, teacher accreditation and and licensing. And this week, at the result of these these uh, terrible test scores, um, we have put in emergency tutoring. Um, I've told the Department of Education they must put our standards back to the top in the nation. No longer will we be bottom. Um, by the way, for, for parents that are that are worried about their children, there's tutoring now available free in the evenings from 7 and 10 o'clock on schoolhouse.org. You can go tonight. You can sign up and uh, get help starting right now. We also put $30 million to work. We'll take uh, applications from parents starting January, starting in early January for customized tutoring services. Uh, we're going to have uh, comprehensive uh, assessments of every child available, particularly for parents uh, where the children are behind. I really have called out our uh, State Board of Election to the uh, Board of Education uh, to, in fact, overhaul our school accreditation process. I mean, we had 85% of our schools that received the highest level of accreditation, and yet we're, we clearly are, are failing our students. And finally, there's $2 billion of money sitting in local school bank accounts that came from the federal government to open uh, open schools and bridge this gap, and it's gone unspent. Places like Fairfax County have $177 million sitting in their bank accounts, and they wow. have got to put that to work, extended hours. There is a big challenge here in education. We're calling everybody to, to help. Parents, please volunteer to, to tutor on these tutoring services. Get your kids engaged. We are all in this together, but we are going to get our schools pointed in the right direction. Well, I know you have an action list of about seven of these items you've just touched on. I'd say all of them, but particularly the one, number six, says provide parents, students, and teachers with actionable information. What can parents especially do? Because the frustration level probably is at an all-time high among Virginia's parents, at least many of them, over what you're just reporting now. They've seen the inadequacies of the last few years in terms of their own kids, especially post-COVID now. What can they do decisively at the local level? Step number one is to continue to stay engaged in your child's life. And and I think parents belong not just at the table, but at the head of the table. And so we continue to make sure that parents uh, have the right to be deeply engaged in everything to do with their children. Uh, Practically, you can sign your children up for tutoring support starting tonight, again, at schoolhealth.world. Uh, we'll have uh, extra tutoring uh, support coming on Jan- in early January. The money's there. We've just got to get the application process uh, ready. Uh, we're going to have we're going to have full transparency, and f- particularly for those schools starting uh, immediately that have uh, really underperformed. We've expanded our Bridge the Gap initiative to 25 school districts that where, where students will receive a customized learning report. So that the student, parents, and teachers can understand exactly where a student stands and what needs to be done in order to bridge the gap. Eventually, spread that across the entire Commonwealth. Uh, and then finally, we're asking we're asking everybody in the community to either volunteer at Schoolhouse.World to tutor, call your local school, and ask how you can help. This is a moment for parents to get fully engaged with helping their children and other people's children bridge this gap 
at, at here here at the Commonwealth of Virginia, we are fully engaged. We are pulling all of the local school districts uh, in as well. This is going to be a community response. Make a note of that, folks. Schoolhouse.world. Is that right, Governor? That's correct. That's correct, Don. Schoolhouse.world. Another event recently been announced is something called Operation Bold Blue Line. You and your AG and your lieutenant governor all recently announced this. I believe you met with mayors and police chiefs, sheriffs all from across the state. What's Operation Bold Blue Line all about? Fully focused on putting an end to this violent crime crisis that we're in. And we have spoken uh, through lots of uh, specific violent crime task force meetings across the Commonwealth. And Operation Bold Blue Line is focused on, first, having more badges on the street. And so uh, I've made a commitment to make one last run at fixing the compensation so that we will, we will stay the retirements of, of law enforcement that are currently serving the Commonwealth. Um, but we've got to recruit more. And we have 20 to 30 percent vacancies across the Commonwealth and just about every law enforcement agency. So we pledge to recruit 2,000 new law, law enforcement heroes to the Commonwealth. Uh, we're, we're putting uh, substantial resources for bonuses and recruiting uh, to get folks to come from outside Virginia. We'll have, a, we'll have an expedited licensure and training program, eight weeks versus the normal 22 to 26. And we're going to get feet on the street. Second big thing is we are going to hire prosecutors in the AG's office, uh, Jason Miars, who's doing such a super job uh, through, through his operation ceasefire, is hiring prosecutors into the most dangerous areas. Uh, those cities have partnered with us, and, and if a, a violent crime is committed with a firearm, he will prosecute them. And then finally, funds are being, funds are being directed, uh, already, already appropriated to support community engagement, to make sure that we can offer at-risk youth an alternative path. Uh, And we're going to go ask for more money for a witness and victim protection plan so that witnesses and victims will go testify as opposed to being being intimidated and, and not showing up for court dates. We are going to make sure that we have feet on the street, that we can prosecute, and that we can keep victims and witnesses safe so that we can get the bad guys prosecuted and put behind bars. That is very good news, I'm sure, to all of us, especially in light of the fact that this thing runs east coast to west, as you know very well, Governor. Sadly, just today, Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul, was attacked in his own home. And out of this, I think, really, it's this whole climate of violence and lack of protection and the demonizing of the very officers that need to keep us safe. Don, you're, you're so right. And, and the, the tragedy that uh, befell Nancy Pelosi's husband is, is truly, truly horrible, unacceptable. There's no room for violence in this country. And uh, to think that that happened to uh, her husband is, is just terribly, terribly, terribly sad. We all in our administration and the First Lady and I have him in our thoughts and prayers. Amen to that. Final piece of good news, breath of fresh air. Take us to the DMV, and we don't have to pack a lunch or bring a picnic box, right, to get our turn in line now. Is that improving? Yeah, it is, and it's improving uh, substantially. And, and of course, one of, the, one of the most broken parts of uh, Commonwealth was one that people used the most, and that was our DMVs. And so we went to work right on day one, and wait times were extensive. In fact, prior to the pandemic, wait times were, were 35 to 40 minutes just to see somebody. And, in fact, during the pandemic, it was shut, so there were there were measurable wait times. And so we've gone to work, and and uh, we've seen wait times now come down across the Commonwealth. 
this week, we had an eight-minute wait time across the Commonwealth. Uh, wow. We just received a great award for, for customer service. And hats off to the entire DMV team. This was a this was a cross-the-board effort from everyone to fix a, a broken system. I'm really proud of the team. It just goes to show you that we can do this better. Yeah. And uh, I'm so proud of the whole DMV team for putting customer service first. And it is a real testament to the kinds of things that government can do when we put our minds to it. Well, it takes leadership, and you and your staff have been providing it, sir, and we thank you for that. And I hope we can talk again frequently as the days unfold and we continue to track what your leadership is providing. Thank you for being available today. Don, thank you for having me. God bless you. And I encourage everybody to please go out and vote. It's the most important right we have as U.S. citizens. Express your view, and God bless you, and have a great day. Thanks for listening to Christian Outlook. Our program is coming to you today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you enjoy our podcast, take a moment and tell a friend to subscribe today. The first ever statewide Tasting Texas Wine and Food Festival in San Antonio from October 27th through the 30th. Created in partnership with Visit San Antonio, Culinaria, and the James Beard Foundation. It includes three days at The Collective, a modern take on the grand tasting. Enjoy this all-inclusive and immersive experience. All food and beverage is included. You'll only need one ticket to enjoy it all. Get tickets now at tastingtexas.com. Come experience this unique festival in the culinary capital of Texas, San Antonio.